0: Welcome friends to another r slash malicious compliance video, today we've got some awesome stories of sticking it to some companies. But first a story from superlight47, careful what you ask for. I work as the lead maintenance technician at a very large industrial facility. I have three bosses, a regional manager that oversees several other facilities, a plant manager that's responsible for the dam I work at, and an assistant plant manager that I answer directly to. I'm not in a supervisory role, but having about a decade more seniority and experience, I generally take the lead when making repairs or conducting maintenance. Our regional manager isn't a bad guy, but he does have a tendency to take his job and his position very seriously. He is the regional manager, gosh darn it, it's his way or the highway. Respect my authority. If he's in a good mood, he's actually okay to work around, but if he's in a bad mood, he has the unfortunate tendency to take it out on the nearest target he can vent his frustration on. So myself and a co-worker were in my shop one morning when the door flew open and the regional manager came storming in with a hair up his butt. Between veteran, unflappable me or the new guy, the new guy had been working for two years but he was in his early 20s and the least senior so the new guy, he picked the new guy. He got right in the new guy's face and began screaming about every gosh darn garbage can in the entire facility being full. Nobody had emptied the garbage, freaking waste disposal would be there in a couple hours, and not one gosh darn garbage had been emptied into the freaking dumpster. He got right up in the new guy's face and coldly told him, I want you to go through this entire facility and throw every gosh darn garbage can into the dumpster. Do you see where this is going? The new guy reaffirmed the instructions he was given. You want me to throw all the garbage cans away? The regional manager snidely confirmed his instructions. Did I stutter? Every single one. And stormed out of the shop. The new guy and myself looked at each other. I could only shrug. I know what I would have done in this scenario, but the choice was his. I wasn't about to influence his decision. He's the one that would have to face the consequences. But yes, he did exactly what I would have done, and screw the consequences. Maliciously complied with the specific instructions he was given exactly. By the time waste disposal arrived, there was not one single garbage can, or waste paper basket, trash bin, or any other container that could possibly hold refuse to be found on the entire facility that had not been jammed into the dumpster entirely and compacted in the back of the waste disposal truck as it drove away i repeatedly encountered confused questioning from other co-workers for the time it took everyone to find out what the freak happened to all the garbage cans or where the freak are all the waste baskets for the next day or two as trash piled up in corners and behind doors i don't know regional manager said to get rid of them why the freak would he do that i don't know but i'll testify in court that i witnessed the order Regional manager told the new guy to throw all the garbage cans away. The new guy even confirmed it. I saw it myself. The new guy did get called into the office and did get his butt royally reamed for malicious compliance, but there was never any formal reprisal or documentation. Our purchase department just spent a bunch of money on new garbage cans and wastebaskets. Regional Manager hasn't really changed much other than developing a really keen awareness regarding the specifics of his instructions. Nothing really groundbreaking, just thought I'd share an instance of malicious compliance I found rather amusing. I mean, to be fair, would you guys agree with me that when they say, throw every gosh darn garbage can into the dumpster, that that is a very weird and oddly specific sounding request? that most people would say empty every garbage can or dump every garbage can out, not say throw every garbage can in the dumpster? Am I just being overly technical here or did this guy actually say a very weird phrasing? Let me know what you guys think down in the comments. Our next story is from Rick Ruckus. How much for my PTO buyback? About 15 years ago, I worked for a medium-sized school district as a technology resource specialist. I worked with teachers and administrators to integrate all types of technology into the curriculum. This one particular veteran teacher was looking forward to retiring after 40 years of service. He had made an appointment in May to turn in his paperwork. He was quite excited about the check they were about to write him for his unused sick days, which were bankable back then. Over the years, he had kept himself healthy and in good shape and managed to accumulate about 250 days of unused PTO. The check was going to be approximately $8,500. I looked at him like he had slipped and bumped his head. That couldn't be correct. I looked into it and the district only paid 40 freaking dollars per day when buying back days. Before taxes. So I said, Mr. Turner, not a real name. I don't think that's a financially sound idea and here's why. His salary was about to be $80,000 at that point. FYI, a school year is about 180 days, which means he had close to a year and a half of sick time available to use. I broke down how he was being shortchanged and what alternatives should be pursued. I told him that he should sign his contract for the following year and spend a month in the classroom before taking time off for the entire year. Since he has the PTO hours, he would continue to be paid at his normal salary the entire time. And, since he's still an employee, they would continue to pay his insurance premiums for another year. Plus, he would get another 10 days of PTO to add to the kitty. As a bonus, if he got bored at home, he could come back to the classroom before the year is done. He looked at me and said, But you need a note after three days. I said, So, go see your provider and tell him that you're feeling really depressed about retirement and life change. Boom. Problem solved. His next question was but what if I need a letter of recommendation? At first, I thought he was joking, but he wasn't. I asked why that would matter if he's retiring. He looked thoughtful and considerate. I told him he had enough days to rinse and repeat for a second year. His net would be approximately $125,000 and two additional years of paid health insurance for two additional months of work. I did recommend that he discreetly let the principal know that they were going to be out for an extended time beforehand so as to acquire a quality pool of substitute teachers for the year. That next year, I saw him about town and he had taken my advice. He thanked me for my insight and was enjoying his time off. I don't know if he did it the second year as I'd moved to another city and career by then. Honestly, does anybody think that OP kind of deserved like some kind of treat or at least like a nice dinner out? If somebody took the time to break it down and help me get thousands of extra dollars and not waste so much money, don't you think that person deserves some kind of treat? I mean, I imagine it's just looking out for each other, but I mean, OP didn't have to do any of that and they helped them get a lot more extra money. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. Our next story is from Zimbabwe. You might not be a good fit for this company. I think you're right. I saw a recent post here and was reminded of my first ever job in high school working concessions at a movie theater. The work environment was awful. Concessions is already a stressful and thankless minimum wage position. I was spending hours at a time sweltering in front of an industrial popcorn popper, splattering hot oil everywhere. I still have a couple of small scars from drops that landed on my arms. Or getting chastised for not meeting the average transaction time benchmark of 45 seconds. All while getting yelled at by customers who were, justifiably, angry about the absurdly high concessions prices. But beyond that, they were way understaffed like 26 filled positions out of 54 with very high turnover. So they were constantly overscheduling us, even though we were mostly high schoolers. This was late spring during the school year. In my second week, I was given a 16 hour schedule, 5 to 9 pm Tuesday to Friday. I barely had time to do any homework. The next week, they gave me a 22 hour schedule, 5:30 to 11 pm. I went to my supervisor and said that I couldn't work that late on school nights. Half an hour later, I was called off the line and into the manager's office. Two supervisors and an upper manager were there across from me and started in on me about how I needed to be a team player and everybody needed to pitch in until they could hire more people and how none of my peers were complaining about the extra hours. I insisted that I needed to have time to do schoolwork on school nights and that it was made pretty clear when I was hired that students wouldn't be given more than 15 hours per week during the school year. Then the manager leaned forward and said, in that awful patronizing voice that I'm sure everyone knows, well, in that case, it sounds like you might not be a good fit for this company. I was like, is this guy trying to scare me with the threat of getting fired? It's not like I have rent to pay or mouths to feed or health insurance to maintain. I'm just a high schooler working part-time for spending money. They're the ones that are desperate for workers. It felt like a stupid bluff from someone who was used to bossing around inexperienced kids who didn't know any better. So I nodded and said, Yeah, I guess you're probably right. He looked confused for a second, so I clarified, I don't think I'm a good fit for this company. The three of them were just sort of sitting there staring at me. So I stood up and said, So... Will you mail my last check to me or do I have to come in to pick it up? I wasn't being snarky. This was my first job and I had no idea what the protocol was for this sort of thing. Then the manager said something about how I should finish the rest of my shift. It was only 7pm. The rush was just starting. And take a day to think about it before I made any rash decisions. But I was already super done with this place. So I said, that's okay, I've made up my mind, clocked out, and left. Three days later, I got a job literally across the street as a cashier at a fast casual place. Way less stressful, and it came with a free meal every shift where I worked until I graduated. The theater continued to hemorrhage workers. I honestly don't know how they stayed open that spring. Needless to say, I did not include that first two weeks of work experience on any resumes. I love any situation like this where they think they have some kind of leverage on you. And you can just stand up and walk right out of there and let them squirm, realizing, crap, we're going to be shorthanded. That said, can we take a second to recognize the concession prices these days? I went to watch Thor Love and Thunder the other week. One medium popcorn, one large popcorn, and two drinks. Thirty-one dollars. Makes you want to bite your teeth when you're pulling out the card to pay for it. And our final story of the day is from Nashua. Follow the old rule? If you say so, boss. As part of my job, I have to travel a few times a year, roughly five to six times a year, for periods ranging from three days to two weeks. When that's the case, everything, plane ticket plus hotel plus food, is covered by my job under the following rule. I need to pay for everything out of pocket first, keep the receipts, then submit them to the admin slash billing department, who approves the expenses and gives me back the amount in my following paycheck. However, about six months ago, Everyone received an email from the higher-ups stating a change in the rules. From now on, every food-related expense didn't need to be justified anymore. We would instead receive a fixed amount of money per meal, which totaled around $80-$90 to per day, very generous I would say, and would be allowed to pocket whatever isn't used. The goal was to lighten the pressure on the billing department because they were spending too much of their time checking every single receipt for every travel. And time is money, so by doing this they were planning on reducing costs. As soon as I read that, I was ecstatic because I knew I was always spending much less than the allowed amount per day, so that would mean that I was going to get free extra money. However, my excitement was short-lived. Not even an hour after that first email, another email came from my direct supervisor that stated that, We will continue to follow the old rules, please disregard the previous email. After talking to some of my colleagues, we realized that our supervisor thought the amount we were allowed under the new rule was too high, and he was trying to save money off us by making us stick to the old rule. So you want to save money and disregard the higher-ups rules? Okay, let's play. The first trip I went to after that email, I did the following. 8am, light breakfast at the hotel, but then coffee at the shop across the street. 10am, I'm feeling a bit peckish, let's get a banana from the supermarket. And a small pastry from the bakery next door. And let's not forget a bottle of water from this kiosk nearby. 12pm, lunch at the restaurant, but I took the dessert in a tea room close by, and my noon coffee at the Star of Bucks. 4 p.m., time for a little snack, let's get a chocolate bar at the grocery store and a boba tea in that little store there. 7 p.m., time for a pre-dinner drink at the local pub. 8 p.m., dinner at a restaurant. 9 p.m., let's not forget the water bottle for the night. I did this for the whole week I was traveling, making sure that for each day, I spent as close as possible to the amount I was allowed to spend. So when I came back, instead of submitting around 20 receipts, three a day, I submitted around 150, and submitting the receipts was quite a long process, as they were asking for a lot of information for each single one, such as the amount in local currency, conversion rate for my credit card, corresponding amount of my currency, address of the establishment, short description of the purchase, etc. And I did this on company time, of course, which took over three hours to complete. Once I finished submitting all of these, I received a panicked email from the billing department, asking me why I submitted so many receipts and didn't follow the new rule. I forwarded them the email from my supervisor, saying that I was only following what I was told. One of my friends and admin told me that the billing department actually went through all of my receipts, which took them a huge amount of time. My supervisor got a stern talking to from the higher-ups. And from then on, we were allowed to disregard all the food receipts. I love this story because there was such a good opportunity for OP, and that supervisor was trying to dump all over it. So I love OP finding a way to basically essentially tattletale on their supervisor without actually like going and reporting them or making a fuss about it. They just danced around the supervisor and made them look like a total fool. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another compliance story that was way crazier than any of the ones in this video, click on that left video. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the one on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.